Hi, and welcome to the Day One Podcast, Episode 7 here with my man, Joey Boy. Yes, Joey sir. Boy, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Episode 7. Episode 7. We're rolling along here. Nice. How's it been so far? It's been great. We've been yeah. getting some awesome guests, and, and obviously having you here is, is a treat as well. But, I appreciate uh, that. So just to explain to you, with the Day One Podcast, we talk to people about their career, mm-hmm. you know, what's happened over the years. They can give us maybe a little bit of insight about, you know, what has happened and, and how you've really achieved your success that you have today so to get started tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what your childhood was like for you uh born in philly a lot of people think i'm from la i was born in philly okay uh, dad's from the south bronx new york he met my mom in philly he knocked her up and there he goes the puerto rican miracle me uh, it got really bad though back in philly growing up in the hood and they, they moved to 3,000 miles away to another hood. I, they moved from, <laughs> from Philly to East LA, right. which didn't get too much better, and raised in East LA, Highland Park to be specific, and then about 12, 13, gangs took over East LA, then my parents moved to Burbank, so I went to like major my schooling like in uh, junior high, high school right. in Burbank, and they're still in the same little apartment when I was 12 years old they're same in the same little apartment because I've been trying to get them to move out here to Phoenix they yeah. just won't have it they're Cali now how often do you go out to California then um, I try to go holidays uh, while I'm going in about a month for a friend's wedding so I'm gonna stay in my parents house right and, and um, probably stay in my old room you know one of the first times I got some you know you know go back home yeah so I go probably about four times a year right. five times a year I really have my fr- my my a couple of friends out there and my parents that I, that I miss so uh, all my family's mainly back east. So how growing up in that environment how did that shape you what was school like you know with the with the gangs and stuff like that was that an influence on your life how did it affect you? Absolutely because um, I was a product of east coast and west coast there was no beef for me east coast west coast beef because uh, every summer growing up like literally since I was 6 or 7 years old uh, maybe a little older, maybe seven, eight years old. My parents would send me back east to Philly for the summer. So I would spend most of the year in L.A., but spend about two to three months every year in Philadelphia. So I was a product of East Coast kind of style and flavor and music, right. culture. Especially during that time, there was a lot of heavy culture and music yes. going on. Yes. Um, and then, uh, obviously, in L.A. And I'm Puerto Rican, so growing up in L.A., the kids didn't know what a Puerto Rican was. I mean, it was so like heavily Mexican. They thought, I met people, they thought Puerto Rico was a city in Mexico. That's how crazy it was. <laughs> so I got the best of both cultures. You know, I still identified as Puerto Rican and I got my little dose once a year growing up in Philly. Then I went back to LA and uh, just really appreciated the culture of all my Mexican homies and the food and the lifestyle and the low riders and the, yeah. it, it was just yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, and the gangs, you know, the gangs were the gangs. Uh, the gang I was afraid of most was my mom and dad like <laughs> coming home oh my gosh i got approached so many times to join gangs i'm like there's nothing you can do to scare me right more than my puerto rican south bronx father tatted up who used to run in south bronx new york gangs yeah so my dot my dad was he was my fear I was like there's nothing you guys can say to me that scare me more than my dad um he was hard on us because he wanted better for us he never graduated and uh, he learned from his mistakes and he wanted better for us. So he was very, very stern with us, but he was a big kid. He, when he had a little money in his pocket, he treated us. So right. um, it was awesome. I, I wouldn't change growing up 
for anything the way I was when I was raised. So do you look at your parents as kind of role models then or you know how do you uh, take what you learned from from them as a kid and, and how they raised you to how you apply it today with your kids? You know what I think uh, I get I was just having this conversation with someone uh, last week and they paid me to compliment how great my children are. You know I got a 14 year old son who's starting Saguaro High and very just respectful kid. Um, just great kid. I got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and people just see uh, sees them with me in restaurants and how they listen to me and stuff like that. Like I think it's a norm, but I, it's all credit to my parents. My parents didn't play that. If we we were in a restaurant, you're gonna learn how to behave. You're not gonna be run around the restaurant. You're gonna have manners. You're you're gonna know how to talk to people. So um, I credit that to my parents. The way they raised me is how I'm raising my kids. So um, when I get a compliment of how good my kids are, I really like, yep, that's my mom and dad's teachings right there. Now, what was the initial thing for you coming out of school, starting to grow up, coming into your teenage years? What were things that inspired you and what initially got you into radio? You know what? It's as simple as um, I, I remember vividly, remember vividly my mom taking me to high school freshman, sophomore year, and listening to the biggest station at the time was Power 106. It's probably one of the biggest hip-hop stations in the world. Um, There's a couple you can name out there, Power 106 being one of them, and I remember listening to it growing up, going to high school and thinking, loving the music and loving the guys talking on the radio, and it kind of interested me. And then in my sophomore year, I want to say, we had um, career day. You guys remember career day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, they had people, speakers and right, stuff like right. that. I was sick the day you were supposed to pick. <laughs> so when I got there the next day, they gave me two slips of they chose the two people for me that I was going to sit in class. <laughs> right. I'm like, cool. So I look at the first one at hotel management. So I did the class. Thought it was interesting. A guy yeah. talking about he was a manager of a hotel. And um, I, I really actually considered it. it was kind of weird. I thought that'd be kind of cool. Maybe being a hotel manager in Hawaii or Puerto Rico. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. The second, it just said uh, DJ. And I thought it was a DJ. I'm like, man, I like, I missed out. They gave me this. Right. I went DJ and I thought it was going to be a DJ playing music. No, it was a radio DJ from the station. I grew up listening to Power 106. Wow. His name was Frank Lozano. He had the number one night show at Power 106 at the time. And I'll never forget, he came in, hi kids, Frank Lozano. As soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, oh my God, that's the guy here on the radio every night while I'm doing my homework. That's crazy. So he's like, this, uh, Frank Lozano, Power 106, I do nights, this is what I do. And he rolled out this big old TV. Remember, it had the strap on it. Well, you go, I don't know if you guys remember, but it had an old thing, kids, called VCR. <laughs> and he popped in this big tape, and this is what I do. He popped it in. And it was like a video of what he did. It was like a 10, 15 minute video of him on the air, Power 106, and minute five. I'm like, that's what I want to do. That's what you're going to do. I like, I'm going to work at Power 106. Wow. I want to do what he does. So uh, I would say six years later, I was doing nights at Power 106. That's amazing. Like, I willed it out there. I believe in the power of willing it out there in the universe. Oh, definitely. 100%. I totally believe that. So I told myself, I told all my friends, and they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to be on Power 106. Sure, dude. <laughs> okay. Are you going to be a hotel manager, too? Um, but I told all my boys I'm going to be on Power 106. Sure. And six years, seven years later, to the date, I was hosting nights, hosting the number one night show in L.A. It was crazy. Now, what gave you that drive and that that know-how to just say, I'm going to put it all on the line and I'm not going to you know, leave anything behind and just accomplish what I want to do? 
I think it was being raised. My dad is a world-renowned um, drummer. He um, he traveled the world, and he was with a Latin Grammy Award-winning. They were called the Poncho Sanchez Latin Jazz Band. And my dad was he's traveling all over. He had Grammys, and I would go to his gigs. And not he's just my dad, but I would see him go to places, and people lose their mind that this was Papo. His name was Papo. Yeah, yeah. And these kids that were my age that were practicing playing congas and bongos and timbales and my dad was their idol and it was so weird to me and i would see him sign autographs and take pictures so my first kind of motivation was i want to be famous like my dad but i don't want to play drums because you know whatever your parents do is never cool to you no matter what (laughs) like my dad was one of the biggest percussion players and still is right but it wasn't cool some people were tripping like you're not you're not in a band you don't play the drums like no, I have no, I don't want to. That's <laughs> right, my dad's right, right. thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think my motivation is like radio can make me famous. Yeah. It wasn't money. I just wanted to be famous. Literally at 14, 15, I wanted to sign an autograph or someone run up on me wanting to take a picture with me because I thought like, wow, that's so cool. My dad has these people admire him so much and that are like, oh my God, your dad is Papo. It's almost like I didn't want to live in his shadow and I felt like, I was beneath him because I wasn't playing drums. Yeah. Maybe I should, my dumb ass should have asked him to teach me how to play drums. <laughs> wasn't my thing. It wasn't my calling. Yeah. So I think that was the motivation. I wanted to be as famous as my dad, but not necessarily be my dad. So I found my own way, my own lane. And it paid off because since 15, I knew I was going to do radio. There was no plan B. No ifs, ands, yeah. Yeah. So for the people that are listening, a lot of people are going to have the same answer that you just gave. I just want to be famous. I want I want to have that experience. I want someone to come up and take a selfie with me or get that right. signature and stuff. If you were to go back and approach it in today's day and age, how would you go about either getting on radio or taking the same uh, approach to wanting to get that fame? Like if I were to go back in time then or now? So if, if you were to do it now. Now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's such a different world, man. I think there's so many ways you can do it. I mean, just the power of social networking is crazy how people are famous just for having a dope Instagram account. <laughs> and, and you I question, I see these people, it's like, yo, that's dope. This guy on a, a catchphrase. You know, if you look at some of these people that got famous, like, haha, got him. Right. That guy's famous. Or what are those? Yeah, yeah. That guy got famous by it's overnight too, overnight. which is just crazy. Guy says, "Damn, Daniel," and 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 it blows my mind. Like, you don't have to have a talent if you want to be famous. You have to have creativity. So or dumb a, luck, right? That someone too. <laughs> happened to be recording at that point and became viral. Yeah, yeah. So it's a different world, but for people that are talented, here here's what I tell people that come up to me: you got to choose. What do you want to do? Because all you got to do is easy. Choose. And if you set your mind that you want to do that, then you speak it into existence. You got to will it out there. I tell my son all the time, oh, you want to be in the NFL. You've chosen. And I always tell him that, you know, well, hard work beats talent. Mm -hmm. So you got to work hard at it. Definitely. But I think it comes very, very simple. And I, I promise you, it's as simple as choosing. And people so many times that I hear or people that I know they have these kids and they're in second year in college. They haven't even chosen what they want to do yet. 
I'm like, are you by 15? I knew. I was the same exact way. I was like, I'm gonna work for myself. I, I want to do exactly what I want to do. I want to. I don't want to answer to anybody, and it's just gonna be, you know, how I go about life. Yeah. I want the freedom. Right. I want to be able to do what I want when I want and how. But you I chose do it. that exactly. It might not happen at 19. It right. might not yeah. happen at 15. But eventually, you gotta choose. And for the people that you, they're too scared to do it because they feel like they're gonna fail. It's okay to fail. Yeah. It's inaction is is the worst thing for me is is that you just always have to be doing something absolutely absolutely you got to work at it. you got to work at your craft or whatever whatever it is but I, I tell my kids i tell other people's kids uh, you just have to choose whatever you want to do it's not silly it's not think think big but uh, eventually you just want to be happy you know my uncle once told me long time ago, i told my son you just got to find out what you love to do and then find out how to get paid to do it right you will be happy in life and i'm happy i'm still doing radio i love what i do and I'm getting paid for it. I'm not going to starve anytime soon, neither of my kids. But to me, it's as simple as just choose what you want to do. Now, after you were um, done in L.A., how did you make your transition out to Arizona? When did that happen? And, and what are some of the in-between jobs that you went through to get here? Man, it's been an interesting ride because when I started at Power 106, my first gig, I was in promotions. I just wanted to get in there. Funny story about that. When I had that uh, career day, I was only about 16, 15 maybe, 15 years old. Um, Power 106 happened to be in Burbank. It literally was a bike ride from my house and from my high school to the radio station. Yeah. One of the biggest radio stations in the world was in my neighborhood. That's crazy. So I would ride my bike once a month, fill out an application for two years. Wow. They all knew me. The front desk girl, Corey. What up, Corey? That's what you have to do. Knew who I was. I would call every day to win. I didn't care what they were giving out. I'd call every day to win. Once in a while, I would win tickets. didn't care what it was. I just wanted to show face. Applied for um, years, probably about four years, until I finally got my interview. Got the interview, did promotions, wanted to be on air, snuck in production, one night when the promotion kids weren't allowed in production, <laughs> snuck in production with, you with my guy yeah. Johnny. We did this air check to see a mock air check to see how we sound in the air. It got in the hands of the program director at the time. You guys might be familiar. He's like a big deal out here in Phoenix. Bruce St. James? Bruce St. James. He's on KTAR. Okay, yeah. I've um, heard the name. Yes, Bruce and Pamela. He's one of my mentors. And he's like, call us into a meeting. He's like, I heard the tape. And we're like, what tape? He's like, you know what tape. Dude, you understand? Like, my heart felt like I thought I was fired. Yeah, yeah. My dream job. Right. Fire. He's like, we're like, you guys want to be on this weekend? We're like, what? You guys want to rock this weekend? Yes. All right, you're on one to six in the morning. Okay. <laughs> we walked in staring at each other. Right. And we're like, what the hell just happened? Right. And we just start doing weekends, fill in. Hey, Joey, hey, Johnny, you guys want to do Christmas? Yes. You want to do the New Year's while the other DJ's making money? Yes. Um, so we did that for a couple years. Then they were going through a format change. Okay. Uh, they're going to go a different direction. Uh, they let us go at nights. That was a heartbreaker. Um, I stayed on and did some weekend shifts. Then we did a morning show in Houston for a year. Then that didn't work out. They changed the format of the station. And then we went back to L.A. Then um, I did Ventura, California, little beach community where I met my wife. Um, loved Ventura. Uh, the good old 805. What's up, 805? 
And then uh, me and my, my, I did afternoons. My partner at the time with this whole radio tour, he had went back to college, but then our station was looking for a night show. They hired him on, and then years later, Bruce St. James was running a hip-hop station out here. Okay. Called us up. How you guys would like to move to Phoenix? This is 2002. Right. I knew nothing about Phoenix. I knew exactly what everyone sees on TV. This cactus desert. It's desert with the tumbleweeds and the cactuses. That's all I thought. I was, There's no way I'm moving to Phoenix. <laughs> he blew us down. We hung out for three days. I fell in love with the city and we moved out here. And the rest is history. I've been off and on here for since 2002, mainly on. So 17 years here in the Valley. Started my family here with my wife. I absolutely love it. Um, I still talk to Bruce every once in a while. He does talk. He does radio talk uh, or talk radio here in KTAR. I'm at Live 101.5, but... He's, he's the one that gave me my first shot, so yeah. it's full circle. So what was the one thing in your career that may have come from Bruce or someone in your life that was advice that just clicked with you that you still run with today, and, and that's how you you attribute your success? What's what's something that you could give to the listeners that's just like, you know, the, the go-to thing for, you know, advice for success for you? You know what? Actually, that's funny. Bruce gave me some great advice that I keep to this day, and I, and I pass it forward. Um people kind of measure what well, wow you you made it uh, and I look at them and Bruce told me there's no finish line there is no finish line like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in radio keep on running I, am, am I syndicated yet am I in big market yet? am I making the money that I want yet right am I there's no finish line he's like even look at the Howard Stearns in life it's like there's no finish he's keep it's always di- changing yeah. it's all you gotta always adjust growing, always you gotta changing. adapt even if you probably ask the Howard Stern there's probably a, still another goal that he wants to achieve there's no finish line for radio I think you could apply it in life whatever you're doing mm-hmm. whatever we're all doing there is no finish line you keep on going so I kind of attribute that to me as I get older um, I don't get complacent I adjust I adapt Eventually, I had to adapt to social networking. Understand that's a job in its own when you're trying to brand yourself. Um, but I understand there's no finish line. I'm nowhere near finished. I'm nowhere, nowhere near where I want to be. But one thing is important. I'm happy. Right. Because there was a couple of times in, in my radio career where I wasn't happy. And I was ready to toss in the towels like, I'm going to do something else. I just, I don't want to do this. It's not fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's fun again. And uh, I'm still running. It's, it's running the marathon baby so how in your career have you approached maybe some of the setbacks that you've had over the years what is your avenue to overcome those and to you know continue down that path of growth and success for you um i think it i think it's adjusting and adapting with our listeners the environment the music your content it's you know me and the show are going to a morning show boot camp we're flying out to chicago with some of the top morning shows in the u.s and um, I look at it as a learning experience. I always study a craft. I always learn from it. What else is there? What else can you? I see some friends that uh, the tattoo artist, and I see them going to conventions and I always learn from other tattoo artists. They're always learning. They're always learning their craft. Yeah. I think whatever you do, if you're an interviewer, you probably study other people that do interviews, and you're probably like, wow, that's interesting. I see his approach, and I see how he he opened that question this way and that way. It's the same with radio to me. Definitely. It's always studying the craft. It's always learning from your mistakes. It's always being a little bit more vulnerable to it, like listening to my shows. Like, man, I could have I could have hit that punchline way better. Or, man, I, sh- I, sh- I should have asked this. Right. It's just studying yourself, self-checking yourself. Uh, but like the morning show boot camp, we're hella excited. We're like, Dad, we're going to meet – 
go out there. I think the Breakfast Club is going to be out there from New York. Yeah, yeah. And awesome. all these big morning shows that I want to just tug at the air and ask them my questions. Like, you know, how did you get from point A to point B? Right. You know, how do you keep the vibe of your morning show? Keep going so you don't get on each other's nerves. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah definitely. You know what I mean? So how do you, um, how have you seen... Uh, the transition over the years being in radio for as long as you have, you know, you know, you were talking to me earlier about, you know, having guests on the show and now it's more about the personalities right. of the people on the show. How have you seen that transition over the years and what are you guys doing to stay at the forefront of radio right now? You know what? I can speak on, I've done every shift. I've done nights, I've done afternoons, I've done overnights, weekends, and now mornings. Mornings is a different monster. Mornings is crazy. Because uh, you're competing with everybody with content. You got to create the content. Um, everybody can play the same music. If you go different radio stations, they're all playing the same six songs, right? So what the difference is, is what's between the music. Your content. Content is king, as we found out, that people want to hear about your life, your slice of life. You know, I have great co-hosts on the show. Got a niche. I uh, got Gina, got Carla and myself, and we're all very, very diff- different so we bring a different aspect of our life, whether, you know, Carla's a 23-year-old, young Latino, graduated ASU. Anish is an openly gay Indian guy who has a different lifestyle, also ASU. Yeah, yeah. And then Gina, you know, she's 26, 27. Um, mommy, expecting another one, graduated ASU. Sun Devils, what's up, man? I'm, I'm about we're these running, Sun Devils. We're running Arizona, baby. And then there's me, a community college dropout from L.A. <laughs> Hey, I don't think you're doing too bad. So <laughs> I think I'm doing okay for myself. <laughs> it's just, and, and you know what? Another major thing is we actually like each other. Yeah, yeah. Our morning show, we're actually friends. You know, uh, I've seen these morning shows that they work each other, work with each other for a paycheck. And I could tell they don't like each other. Like, ooh, y'all don't like each other. Y'all are doing it for the paycheck. It's so easy getting up early when you're just getting up to hang out with your friends. Oh, yeah. Because then 100%. you're fighting for each other and you work for each other and you work with each other. Um, but I found out uh, it's a great environment if you if you create one. And over the air, we're all going to be playing the same songs on the radio stations. It's the content. What are the par- what what do the the listeners care about? What do they want to hear? You're serving them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how are you getting that feedback then, or is it through social media then, as far as or callers, obviously, and things yeah. like that? What are you looking at? A lot of a lot of it is through social media. A lot of it. <laughs> I have a term with my show. Um, when we do a bit or conversate about content, I'm busy editing on the other. I'm running the boards. I'm editing calls. I'm editing whatever's coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The social's lit. I know if our socials are lit, like people are retweeting or they're DMing and then be like, I can't believe Joey said this. Or <laughs> what? Oh, my God. I love Anish. Oh, my God. Carla's a trip. Oh, my God. I love Gene. I know if our socials are lit. Right. You're then on we're the doing right our track. job. Yeah. We're on the right track. That's when always they're a little cool quiet, to see, yeah. I'm like, yo, we missed a mark on that one. Right, right. So I don't, I'm not afraid of cracking the whip uh, on the show, on myself. I'm very critical. As a matter of fact, Gina, what's up, Gina, on the show? She let me know yesterday. She goes, you're very critical on yourself, Joey. Yeah. I am. I'm my worst. I'm myself's worst critic. I feel like I can always be better, do better. So I push myself. Give me some of the behind the scenes as far as what goes in to produce the morning mess and, and how much time actually it takes to put on a great show. Twenty four hours, literally. What I'm doing right now could be talked about. Yeah. I could drive out here and a bird could smash into my windshield. The heat is hot. The guy that's has a uh, he's on the corner. 
wanting money, but he has a funny sign. That's content. My whole life is content. I saw your Thomas Road stuff. I think that's hilarious. If you're local, if you ever go down Thomas Road, there's always... <laughs> that's all content. Hunter. That's all con- All I got to do is drive down Thomas Road and I find content. <laughs> like, uh, the, uh, like on 28th Street, the yeah. mannequins. They have ghetto booties. They have big old booties with like stripper gear. Like you can't make that up. Right, yeah. And that's literally, I was like, I've never seen, is it, is it weird if these mannequins turn me on? <laughs> and I talk about that and then it becomes content. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know? That's cool. There was these two guys on Thomas Road in bikes. These old guys. I don't know if they were homeless or they're just two old guys in bikes pedaling towards each other like they're jousting. And one of them swung at the other one like, what happened to where we're going to settle an argument? Together? Yeah. You get on your bike. Okay, we're jousting. Um, Thomas Road is content. Uh, yeah. Anytime I need something, I go off to- Thomas Road. But <laughs> yeah, I just have our show is just it's just it's just hilarious. I can't wait to go on Monday or every morning and seeing what the other people did and their day off their weekend or the night before. So do you study other shows then or do you block that out and just focus on your, your own? Thing. I, I'm gonna be honest. No other sh- like, I look at some shows, but to me, I I find my the IG stories of my show more interesting than anything out there. Yeah, you know, which and, you should. Yeah, and if I didn't, I'd let them know. Um, my show makes me laugh, like individually. I could look at Carla's stuff and like, and just laugh. Anish is crazy. It's just they all have a different dynamic. Um, I'll I'll look at stuff. I'm not really big into looking at people's interviews. Mm-hmm. Like I've been there, done that. I work for hip hop stations so much. Like, and I, the people that ask about the production and the studio time, like that bores me. Get me talk. I want to hear something different. I want to hear something that's going to grab me. And like, that's an interesting question. Or that's a different outlook than rather like, yo, I heard so-and-so produced a track. Tell me about how that was. I don't care about that. Yeah. I don't, I want real life. Like, how do you feel about what's going on in the world today? So tell me, um, what current endeavors are you working on right now? I know I've, I've seen that you have a merch line coming out, um, some t-shirts and stuff like that. And then, uh, maybe some stuff happening with YouTube as well. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on. Yeah. It's been, this is the business. I've ever been in life uh, you know obviously the, the radio show is my priority um, so the morning mess Monday through Friday 5.30 to 10 with the squad that's my priority everyone knows that then I started an endeavor about uh, eight nine months ago called Bearded Lads okay it's a men's gro- a gentleman's grooming line for beards hair we've got the pomades the clays you know with the big beer small beer you're rocking uh, it right now you know what i'm like, saying have I'm you always had for... that or has that been years i've of, had uh... this is the longest it's probably been but okay. it wasn't too shorter than this about a year ago i was using the product yeah, yeah i was a fan of the product yeah my wife uh we were i was getting my beard done at a barbershop and the guy put this stuff on me and i liked the smell and i liked it i loved it you know, it's called Bearded Lads. So my wife was with me just waiting. She heard about it. So she ordered some for me. She asked the barber, where'd you get that? And it was a local guy. So I was using it for about a year. Yeah. And the guy found out it was me that was using it. He heard about me on the radio. He's like, dude, he started sending me these little care packages. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Then it came to like, dude, what do you, you want to be my ambassador? Yeah. I'm like, sure. Free product. <laughs> right. Let's yeah. do it. Well, we became friends. And at the end of last year, he's like, dude, do you want to partner up with me? Like, be my business partner 
with bearded lads let's open up a brick and mortar like that's awesome yeah. uh, so we have like a the bearded lad lounge on 24th street mcdowell and yeah that's my venture with bearded lads right right so um that's that's been fun and then i got into um after that we started the um talks of the t-shirt line uh no actually it was the youtube channel um now i have a family youtube channel coming out probably we already started filming as of last week yeah that's interesting because that's a lot of work yeah it's it's that's it's a bunch of work editing filming getting all the content for that putting I, it all I together i have a very interesting family and i've been asked about this youtube channel for t 10 years 12 years um with my wife and kids um i didn't know how to go about it i didn't know how to do it someone approached me about you know why don't we do this and we do that and we have a guy follow you blah, blah, blah. so i was like the hell with it let's roll the dice on this so that should be coming out within the next month month and a half it's gonna be called rolling with rodriguez okay yeah that's exciting so they're gonna follow me my wife it's not gonna be just about me i'm gonna follow my wife because my wife is god behind every good man is a great woman and she's supported me throughout these years and she's the real star in our family she's a stay-at-home mom and she does eyelashes and she's uh with a four-year-old a two-year-old a uh, 14 year old in high school who wants to be in the NFL. Then she has two older kids. One plays college football in New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. She has an older daughter that's successful barbers. I mean, her schedule. Yeah, holy it's crazy. Cow. No kidding. So the YouTube channel, check out for it. It's going to be a smash. Definitely. Rolling with Rodriguez. And then the latest is a t shirt line. If you listen to the show, I have a lot of catchphrases. Okay. Yeah. And um, I just I say them. I've been saying some of these catchphrases for years. But it got to a point every time I'm out with my family at Target. <laughs> you hear it? <laughs> I just hear people in the back <laughs> just yelling out, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> Joey boy, what up? Hey, what's up, man? Or I'm at the gas station. Joey boy, hey, what's up, man? You got to risk it. And then they're waiting for me to say. Yeah, you got to put yours in. To get the biscuit. And it became a thing. And all these other catchphrases that I say, you know, did y'all know? And um thomas road versus yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. and the oh my god amber when i tease my yeah, wife yeah, yeah. that became a thing and my my friend ec says why don't we put out a t-shirt line with all your phrases so literally he just set it up right now he just sent me the link and uh, as of tonight we'll be selling all the t-shirt lines so it's gonna be joey boy merch okay and it's gonna be all my catchphrases. Joyboymerch.com then, or what's the website address? Uh, I know it's gonna be on Instagram. You just send me the Instagram account. It's joeyboy.merch on IG, and uh, then I'll put up the link the of link the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just like literally just built it. So um, yeah, I'm doing a lot, my G. Yeah, a lot's going on. And, and speaking of your wife and your kids and stuff like that, how important is it to have that strong family bond how much does it play into your your career and your happiness and your enjoyment around what you do i'm not myself without my family you know and just uh this week and i had a radio promotion at uh, wild horse pass yeah because uh, we're endorsed by gila river hotels and casinos so george lopez was in town they're like hey would you want to come out see george and we'll put you up at the hotel. So I told my wife, do you want to go? She's like, no, I have too much going on. You just go. Right. What an understanding wife. Yeah, you go stay at a hotel room by yourself. Yeah. So I get <laughs> I get to Wild Horse Pass. I've never stayed there. I go to Ling and Louis, Chinese food. That's so amazing food, by the way. I have dinner by myself. Like, all right, let me go check out. Let me check in the room, shower up. Give me a few hours before the show. 
I walk in, they gave me a suite. Yeah. So I have this big suite, huge suite, living room and kitchen, big room and uh, a big shower you could fit in, 17 of my kids. Right. So I, I hit my wife. I'm like, babe, why don't you just pack overnight and bring the kids? Get them out here. Yeah. You know, the kids love. What kids don't love to jump around in beds at a hotel, oh, get room service? So um, I felt guilty, man. I felt guilty having all a whole suite to myself. My wife and the kids are at home. I'm like, no, I want to share this. Right. These perks. My wife and kids. You know what? I'm a lot happier when they're around me. So within an hour, they're there. The kids are so happy. I'm like, we're going to order room service. Daddy got to go downstairs to work. Because right. I can't explain who George Lopez is to a two-year-old. <laughs> Daddy got to go to work. And my two-year-old's like, you going to be the lads? I'm like, no. Cruz is like, you going to make t-shirts? Like, like no, all my hustles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are you going to like? Are you? Yeah, I'll be back. No, that's cool. Um, they're, they're my normalcy. Like. I, sometimes I have anxiety, mm-hmm. which is I don't really talk about too much. I talked about a little bit on the show. Right. Sometimes I get social anxiety. My wife and kids bring me down. Um, uh, they bring that comfort level for sure. Yeah. yeah, they are, man. I'm just comfortable with my wife and kids. So if I'm doing a hotel, if I'm doing it, if I'm out of town, uh, I've taken them to Vegas with me. I had to go to Vegas for like four days. And people thought, like, you're taking your wife and kids to Vegas. You're taking your four-year and two-year to Vegas. Like, yeah, man. Like, I can work. I can do what I got to do. If they're back at the hotel room, I'm, I'm good. So. Are you a craps guy or what do you do in the casino? I'm not a big gambler. Uh, I'm not even a big gambler. You know, I'll play roulette just because I like people. Right. I like sitting next to people and getting free beers, you know, if they come back around. Yeah. You know, if, you know, I pull out 100 and just, you know, I play mainly black. And um, I talk to people. I like meeting people. And roulette's that kind of game where you can kind of chit-chat. You know, with blackjack or craps, people are too intense into the game. Roulette, you can really have a conversation right. while the guy's doing one of these, you know, no more bets, <laughs> and the wheel is spinning. Like, hey, where you from? Yeah, yeah. What's going on? What brings you? So I like that of Vegas, getting to meet new people. Um, yeah, I, I like I like the food. I like the light the nightlife. Um, and meeting people. So what are some of those things in Arizona that you like to do locally? You know, what's, what are things that you do with the family on the weekend? Where are places that you go that you, you know, like to hang out at? And, um, for the most, for the most part, we stay at the crib, but, um, and just jump in the pool, but we like staycations. Yeah. We love staycations. I, I feel like besides San Diego, I love San Diego. I'll take a drive to San Diego anytime. I love it. San Diego, but uh, all the money to spend to go on vacation to fly out everyone and go to like LA or San Francisco or all that Phoenix you kidding me the resorts that we have here everywhere that's something I did all the time as a kid we would do stay ta- staycations a few times a year it's just uh, awesome the princess are you kidding me yeah. that's like you feel like you are uh, living a lap of luxury in Beverly Hills or something so that's our favorite spot to stay the yeah. Fairmount yeah, the princess is awesome. We like staying there, you know. Um, what else do we do? We do a lot of staycations. Our 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 schedule's so busy that I'm working a lot. Right. Uh, concerts. I work a lot of concerts, so I take my lady to certain concerts. Uh, my son is 14, so he wants to go to like Little Pump and stuff like that. So I gotta get tickets <laughs> for Little Pump. You know, I think uh, the last Post Malone. Funny story. Post Malone was in town. Hot okay. ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Your boy got the hookup. I got Post Malone <laughs> tickets. My no 14 year old wants to see the opener. Right. Slump God. Have you heard of Slump God? I haven't. Ski no. Mask, Slump God. You heard of him? I never heard of him. Yeah. My son is his friend, so I get four tickets. Want to go see Slump God, Ski Mask. Was it Ski Mask, Slump God? Yeah. That guy. My son starts playing me the music. It's pretty dope. 
I like the music. It's my son educating me on that. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. I want to see him now. Oh, that's cool. So just making memories with my kids now. And it's different. You know, he's 14. I can appreciate his music. When he's in the car, you have to bump some Biggie with me. You know, so he's learning about Biggie and yeah, Mob yeah. Deep. And that's what I listen to. Right. Uh, some Bust, some, uh, some uh, Wu-Tang. So my son is versed on my 90s hip hop. And I listen uh, to Slum God. Oh, that's cool. So it's a really, really cool relationship I have with him. But yeah, we do a lot of stuff through radio, if right. that makes sense. Yeah, we have yeah. movie screenings. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go to movie screenings. If I have promotions, whether I can bring the family. I just did a big promotion with like a Big Surf. So I was taking the family to Big Surf. Uh, every once in a while, I, I host clubs. I'll take my wife to the clubs. Right, so yeah, yeah, we, we stay busy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, what does the next five to ten years look like? Are you, you know, where's that growth? Yeah, I know you've talked about some of the things you have going on, but what is it that you're really trying to go after and achieve in your career? I just know, like facts, this is the best morning show in radio. I know that. I feel it. I've worked too hard to get to this point to know at this point. I know what's out there. I know what I've listened to. Um, I, I, I know what's authentic. It's a small industry. And um, for me with this show is, is the next point for me with the show is like syndication. You know, I feel like other markets will benefit from our show and we will benefit obviously from being syndicated. So I would love for our show to be carried in some of my favorite cities. I would love our show to be syndicated in LA, San Diego, Las Vegas, um, Texas. Yeah, I could see our show is so diverse that it will work anywhere, San Francisco. This show, you put this show in any market, it'll do well because we're not East Coast, we're not West Coast. We're just a diverse group of people that enjoy each other's company, make each other laugh, and in return, people are laughing with us and sometimes at us. Yeah. So um, the morning mess syndication is what I'm really striving for right now, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So wrapping up here, tell the people where they can follow you, how they can get a hold of you, or you know, really just listen to the show, Morning Mess, yeah. what time it's on in the morning, 101.5. Yes, sir. You know, let them know what's going on. Yeah, 5.30 to 10 weekdays, uh, Morning Mess, Live 101.5, myself, with my squad, Anish, Gina with a J, Carla with a K, and even my son, Cruz, does a little segment on our show, Cruz on Film. Nice. He acts out a little scene in the movie. If you guess it, we give you the big ticket in the morning. <laughs> it's a family affair. Um, you can follow me on the socials. I'm really, really heavy on Instagram, at Who's Joey Boy. Uh, so follow me uh, literally on my IG stories. I live my whole life the whole day on my IG stories. You can see that. Uh, look out for the YouTube, the family YouTube channel. I know a lot of people are fans of my wife because she's a... Um, She's a, like a mom blogger. So a lot of that will be on that uh, as well as behind the scenes of the morning mess. So it's going to be called uh, Rolling with Rodriguez, the whole family. Uh, Bearded Lads, the gentleman grooming company. Follow Bearded Lads. Uh, what else? The t-shirt line, the Joey Boy Man, merch. you got a lot going on, it's don't you? Bro. Yeah. Hanging out with Day One Podcast. You know go, what I'm saying? Baby. The grind don't stop. Yeah, There's no finish line in life. There's no finish line. It's a marathon. Awesome. My guy, Joey Boyd, thanks for joining us on the Day One Podcast. Absolutely, my friend. Yeah, Thank you for having me. Yep.